find it now with Ericsson. Pushed out by Harris. In comes Wanyama! Oh, there is the bolt from the blue. And now to go, and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Arsenal are walking in a winter wonderland. What a turnaround! Liverpool's 3-0. Call it, take it quickly, Origi! All right, we are back for another episode of the 4-4 Brew Podcast. Joined today for his debut for this second season, Caleb Fotenhauer. Caleb, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. It's uh, it's good to be back. It's been far too long, and uh, I'm just happy to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, as always. Here for another round of Mikey's lukewarm takes, the man himself, Mikey Cleary. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for asking. I really, I, I really appreciate it, Patrick. Good to hear. Uh, also joining us, Patrick Cleary. Patrick, how are you doing? Well, how are you, Patrick? I'm great. Thanks for asking. And making his pod debut, the man, Andy Osterling. Andy, how are you doing today? Doing great. Nice to, nice to finally jump on. Uh, been, been a long time coming. Oh, it's great to have you. We'll start with uh, Arsenal playing Crystal Palace on Friday. Match ending 2-0 to Arsenal. I'm just going to throw this to Caleb for his little recap and hopefully preview the Arsenal season just because we refused to do so on last week's episode. So, Caleb, I'll toss it to you. Uh, thank you very much. Well, uh, Arsenal did kick off the season on Friday night under the lights at uh, Crystal Palace, which going into it, uh, you know, it was kind of a bit of – I had some flashbacks to last year at the, uh, the community stadium, Brentford's home ground where Arsenal – were completely overran under the lights to kick off the season last year. Um, and so going in, you know, there's been some changes this year, but I was still a bit nervous. Um, however, I think Arsenal did. They, they came out of the, uh, they came off the blocks quite hot. Uh, I think the first like 20, 25 minutes, they looked, I mean, I thought they looked very good. Um, tapered off a bit um, by the end of it, but we're able to, we're able to uh, pick up a, one second. This is all going to stay in. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's just do a little bit of narration. Caleb got up from his desk, walked to the door, stuck his head out, looked out there, sat back down. Sorry about that. I uh, One of my roommates got a new hat. Had to show me. Um <laughs> I didn't the the blinking light above the outside of the room that usually flashes when it says recording it's uh, it's not working today so they didn't know um anyhow uh, where was I oh the first 25 minutes you know I think Arteta set up his team quite well Uh, we got to see pretty much I think the side that he's going to be using for most of the season um and we saw Gabby Martinelli goal um it was good to see that he was able to score after missing kind of a sitter right in the first few minutes and then Sokka I guess he wasn't credited with the goal because it was an own goal but was able to uh you know put away the second near like the 70th minute to kind of put any sort of last minute equalizer worries to bed um but overall you know I thought the the Gooners looked pretty good for me the standout performer uh was William Saliba I wasn't the only one in thinking that as he was awarded man of match the, the man of the match award um, it's kind of been a long time coming for him. I think he joined the club three years ago, and we're just seeing him now. Um, but it seems like, you know, um, I think Arsenal fans have always, you know, seen the hype around him. 
but I think the uh, rest of the league will continue to see that. Um, I thought he was excellent for someone who's never even played in the Prem. Um, he looked, he's only 21 years old. He looked far, far beyond his years, very composed. Uh, he's good on the ball and, you know, can kind of read, read the game well, which are, you know, is what Arteta wants out of, uh, you know, his big center back. So um, overall, you know, it was, it was a very good start um, going away to Crystal Palace, in my opinion, the toughest ground outside of the top six to go to um, and, and to get a clean sheet and a victory on the first uh, first evening of the season is really something to uh, be proud of, I think, and will really can carry on uh, well. So I know I mentioned Saliba and we were going to talk a, a quick season preview. Um, I think Arsenal, uh, well, well, they may not be done in the transfer window yet. Uh, there is still a few days left. I think Arteta and uh, the technical director, Adu, were able to uh, fill some key areas that were a bit of problem issues last year, uh, notably in the left back position, uh, acquiring Zinchenko from Man City. Um, not only can he play in the midfield as well, which offers a, a good level of um, you know different options for the team and for how Arteta wants to set things up, it also gives um, you know a good competition with Kieran Tierney who also has been injury prone so it'll be good to see you know the both of them obviously hopefully if they both stay fit you know to uh have options because I think they they play differently and I think they their play styles are will suit you know differently against certain opponents so to have that um option is certainly going to be a positive for the for the arsenal this year um and then obviously most notably, I think, was the addition of Gabriel Jesus, also from City. Um, you know, he had a fantastic preseason. Wasn't able to get on the score sheet uh, on Friday, but had just flashes of brilliance. And I think is going to be someone who'll be pushing, you know, 20 goals this year in the Premier League. Um, you know, he already he's already been in the league. He knows, you know, what it takes to win. Um, and he fits Arteta's pressing style quite well. And I think the front three of him, Martinelli and Saka, um, are really young and exciting. And I think there'll be a lot to come. So I think all our all now, I would say, would be, you know, maybe a bit of uh, competition in the midfield. So maybe getting in like a Yuri Tielemans, um or a Lucas Paqueta from Lyon, I think was another guy that they were kind of linked to to kind of play in that shocker role. Um, but I think, you know, I, I have, I tipped Arsenal to finish third this year. And I think that, that could be semi-controversial, uh, but I do think they're making strides and Arteta really, you know, is looking like he's building a very dangerous team. So, uh, you know, just stay tuned. We'll see what happens away at, or at home next week at the King Power. But I really do. I'm looking forward to this season of Arsenal football. Who do you have winning the league then? Uh, City. And then Liverpool second, Arsenal third, Tottenham fourth, and then Chelsea fifth, West Ham sixth, Man United seventh, I think. Sorry, Mikey. <laughs> Who gets uh, who's in the bottom three, four? Mikey gave us four teams to get relegated last week. So if you could keep it to three, did that you not hear about that? I think rule they're going to change yeah, things up this year. The rule. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I had what Bournemouth. This was I made these predictions before this week, so I think Bournemouth. Um, wait, let me see. Let me see here. Got to make sure I get this right. 
I had Bournemouth, Southampton, and Everton as my bottom three. And I'm standing by those regardless of what happened this week. Because Bournemouth did win, but I think they'll still finish bottom. Fair enough. All right. Well, anybody else have anything that they'd like to mention about the Arsenal Palace game? Or can we move on to the dry, unmaintained pitch at Craven Cottage? All right. Well, then let's do just that. <laughs> Liverpool 2, Fulham 2. Uh, Klopp saying after the game that the pitch was dry. Uh, Patrick, I'll just throw this one to you. What did you, okay, first what did you of think all, of this let me game? Say, I fucking hate Craven Cottage. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I got robbed there when I was in London four years ago. Tried to buy some tickets. Turned out to be fake. Some guy made off with uh, 100 pounds of my hard-earned money. And, uh, you know, I was happy that day that Fulham lost in Watford. Uh, they went straight down that year, and they're still going straight down this year. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, that pitch was dry. Uh, it was the surface of the fucking moon out there. And, um, you know, it, every criticism Klopp made was correct. Also, he's right, you know, that if it hadn't been for the Community Shield, Liverpool probably would have been fine in this game. But they were all tuckered out from playing on, you know, only a week's rest. Uh, so... <sighs> no, Liverpool were really city bad. That much, though. What's that? Oh, yeah, no. I mean, city city were, that much. Otherwise, City would have won 10 nil instead of 2-0. Um, no, Liverpool were uh, really, really, really bad. It was the worst I've seen them play since the um, the 2021 season when all of their players got injured uh, and the stadiums were empty. They just did not look up for it at all. Um, all their midfielders are... Well, they're, you know, starting three midfielders, all of them just look so old. They were totally a step off it. Henderson was completely lost. Uh, I was thankful when Tiago got injured, really, because he was having a nightmare. Uh, and then they brought in Harvey Elliott, who was pretty good. Uh, I think this is probably going to force Liverpool to go and get a midfielder, which um, I earlier in the summer thought we didn't need, but now I kind of think we do because all the guys we have are so so horribly uh, injury prone. All of them get injured once a year. Um, but yeah, uh, basically Liverpool were really bad and it's a credit to how bad Fulham are that they still somehow managed not to win this game in spite of playing really well against you know, really bad. Um, but Darwin came on and he's like a serious player. I mean, he I think he is also going to be up around 20 goals this year. Um, he Changed the dynamic of the game. He scored like a, you know, uh, what do you? It's a, it's not a back heel, but like a flick, uh, like a flick on his first goal, uh, for the team. That like that's that's pretty cool. Um, so there's some positives, I guess, to draw, but mostly negatives. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens this weekend. But I don't know, man. I think league's done. Just give it to City now. I think they'll probably have it wrapped up by the time the World Cup starts. So, you know, is the, uh, is, is the game this week at Anfield or is it at uh, Salhurst Park? Uh, it's at Anfield. Oh, okay. You, you think, think? I mean, you think they would, they the would respond? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's put himself like, in charge of the ground. Make sure. Yeah, it's like a rice water. patty there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> gallons of water being dumped on the field. 
Yeah. Does this kindle any worries for you the way that Liverpool played against Fulham for the, if they yeah. don't end up going back into the market uh, to get a, a midfielder? Yeah, I think we're going to get relegated. Uh, no, I mean, whatever. The worst case scenario is we finish like fourth. You know, I mean, that could happen. My fear always when Liverpool have a bad result early in the season is that it's going to be like his last season at Dortmund where like shortly after reaching the the peak of, you know, um, what was possible, the, everything crashed and burned and they finished 14th or 15th. Like it was just everyone burned out at once. Um, and that was like, there's this weird magical quality to cloth that always makes something like that feel not that impossible. Um, but we have so many good, exciting young players and like i think sala and nunez will bail us out of plenty more games this year we're not really going to embarrass ourselves too much but yeah i mean right. it it didn't make me feel happy about or excited this season at all it's not just give it to the city <laughs> all right well, anybody else have anything that they'd like to add to this uh yeah we've been kind of like choking a good bit about like how it negatively impacted Liverpool and everything but in all seriousness if Fulham can keep that pitch bone dry does that change any of y'all's opinions about them going down this year or I know that you all had them so if they well, can if just like, dry, it's like a drought like that's a massive drought the dry pitch the Sahara <laughs> Desert that is great that is the 12th man maybe All right, let's move to Old Trafford. Two to one, uh, the result there for Brighton. Uh, Mikey, I guess I'll give you as much time as you need, but United looks horrific. Uh, not much has changed since last season, but I'd um, like to hear your take on the situation. Make it as lukewarm as possible, please. Um, I guess what I would first start off with was that uh, the match we just talked about, Liverpool-Fulham, was at uh, 6 a.m., I guess, central time which most of us are on. And so I kind of, in our, you know, in the podcast chat, I uh, was sort of poking fun at Patrick Cleary that he got up early to watch that. Um, and then what did I do less than 24 hours later? Um, because at least he got a point out of it. Uh, I don't know. I think that there's really only one man who can save us now. Um, and that man is the manager who doesn't complain, Jesse Marsh. It's time for Ted Lasso to come to Old Trafford. Um, God damn it, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know. I think that it's uh, – I, I guess it's unsurprising in a sense. Um, just sort of what we've seen, like, you know, it's this – there is this, like, complete un, unbridled optimism from United supporters. And I just sort of had a feeling. I was like, you know, like, it is bright. And, and it's like, you know, it's not like I wouldn't have, you know, maybe picked them to, like, finish that highly. But it's the kind of team that's given us a really tough game for, like, the last 10 years. Um, so I was sort of going into it, I was a bit worried. And then those worries were uh, rewarded. Um, I guess I'd say one of the only – the only real bright spots, unsurprisingly, was Erickson, um, who I thought was just about the only player that I could say played well uh, remotely. I the other the other thing that I guess I would point out, um, I think it's sort of an interesting thing to see Ronaldo coming off the bench 
um, which I know is like mainly because he just kind of decided uh, a week ago that actually he was going to play the season. Um, but what's kind of interesting to me is that like, it doesn't seem obviously like every, everything in the press has been that he doesn't really get along very well with, uh, uh, with 10 weeks, which is what we're going to start calling him. Um, and what I kind of think might happen is that like, you know, it's going to, at first it's going to be always oh, not up to fitness and then it's going to be always showing up late to training. And I think it's going to make for a very kind of ugly breakup in January. Um, Cause Ronaldo will, you know, probably, I mean, if, if he's not, if he's not off before the end of the month, um, I don't know. I think, I think we could be in for another very long season, um, you know, rather unsurprisingly, uh, I don't know. One thing that I will say, I think it's a little, um, it's a little early to write off kind of all of the, uh, all of the summer signings. I think there's obviously still plenty of time for uh, Martinez. I don't think that uh, like, I mean, I think one game is maybe a bit too early, but he obviously he did not impress me at all. And I think that with a lot of United supporters, there's this sort of culture where, um, you know, you kind of have to deliver immediately or you're just sort of, uh, or, I mean, you're just kind of, uh, you know, you're not, you're just not going to, you're not going to exactly become a fan favorite. You need to provide immediate success and you need to be consistent. Um, and so I kind of hope for his sake, he can turn that around. Um, speaking of, uh, well, I'll let, I'll let someone else talk about United's, uh, or United's rumors on the transfer market. But uh, I know all of you have a lot to say about this since I was the only team that lost this week. I mean, the Rabio signing will be ridiculous. So funny. <laughs> it just doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't make any. You never sense. learn anything from your mistakes. <laughs> is, this, is this like just Marilyn Fellaini all over again? I've been I've been out of touch for a while, so I'm like, actually trying. No, it, to like it actually my... is. It actually. Fellaini is. was yeah. a much better signing than Rabio would be. <laughs> like, well, yeah, right. Way Fellaini better. Had, like, ever done anything right? Like in his career, he'd like accomplished anything. Also, his yeah. mom, his agent is just a, a grade-A Karen, just like textbook, you know, <laughs> shouting at players, yeah. players' families, you know, like getting a restraining she, order from the PSG training ground. Like, she got kicked out of the training ground. Like, yeah, absurd. It's it exactly what fight didn't she Mbappe's yell at Mbappe's parents. mother? Yeah. 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 <laughs> During the Euros, when they lost to Switzerland. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Rabio has just, like, been a, um, immediately – like disrupt the locker room even more than it's currently, you know, uh, messed up. He's gonna, uh, I don't know, contribute nothing in terms of like their problems in the midfield. Like, I don't know what problem. I mean, he's, that's he's not better than McTominay or Fred. He's probably he's probably just as good as either of them. He's not really a holding and, midfielder. If anything, he's the same yeah. type of player as Ericsson. And like they also have Fernandez who can play that position, so there's there's no point to signing him. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. It's awesome. I love it. I mean, it's like I don't under it's like Pogba, but worse. It's so yeah. funny. I think us doing something that makes absolutely no sense is you know probably the most normal thing. Megan, yeah, it's just right. It's just right on brand. I guess. I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of wondering if this is a, a ploy by uh, ten weeks to kind of you know unite the locker room because they all hate this guy. 
I think that could actually be sort of an interesting, uh, an interesting strategy. I don't think it'll pan out. Well, they were the first manager to bring in a cancer to the locker room and just see how it works out. Uh, no, he's just a scapegoat. You know, everybody hates him. And then if they play well enough, they can afford to get rid of him. I think they were linked to Arnautovic <laughs> for about, a, you know, 12 hours. But I think uh, the fan base rallied around. They would have stormed like, the, used the wrong Exactly. So I think it could be like that <laughs> just to bring everyone together just collectively. Like, this is a poor decision. Don't do it. Um, and I also was seeing that there's some supposed to be some fan protests, some walkouts, um, you know, coming soon to Old Trafford, even though they did that last year against Liverpool and they were down five mil after like 60 minutes. I was going to say, a lot, of, a, lot of our protests here, <laughs> a lot of protests are often mistaken for just resounding defeats. Uh, it's a very, uh, very common misconception in the footballing world. I mean, um, it would just be – it'd be peak United if they buy Rabio and then in a year's time let him leave for free or just do the same thing that they let Pogba do. Or they should just spend $90 million on him and I, then let him leave for free in a couple of years. Juventus was about to pay him to leave. Like, they were going to buy him out of his contract so that he would get out. I think that's probably what's going to happen. They're going to actually have to give him more money, like, just to get rid of him. So, uh, yeah, awesome. I love it. Uh, it's just great. It's so perfect. Like, I'm just every, every no, do nothing right. It's amazing. Like it's, Martinez, it's, it's, they it's brought so, him in. He's just awful. I mean, okay, it's just so hard. strange. That's, it's one game. It's one game. Like, I'm not saying he, I, I didn't impress at all, but like, it has only been one. Oh, okay. I'm being cut off by church. Well, but it's not one game, is it? Isn't it like multiple seasons? Like, I mean, what like hasn't this been the story story of United since Alex Ferguson? I mean, like this, I I feel like this just isn't really like anything particularly new, you know? Yeah, it just happens. Every I, I year. mean, it's awesome. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that it's like it's, uh, yeah, this is really just a vicious cycle. The one thing I will say is that I think with all the new signings, like they need to, I mean, things need to turn around. Um. Like, I mean, really by this next week or because, uh, I mean, I think fans are already extremely upset. Um, I don't know. What, what I was saying is that I think for most of the summer signings, like I don't think Erickson will really have a lot of issues with uh, with fans being upset with him. But I think Martinez is someone who coming in for the price tag he has needs to like he, he just needs to start proving himself or it's going to get ugly. Yeah, it could be like McGuire. Uh, can I read you a, a Man United stat? A, uh, Please do. This, yeah, I'm, you know, coming from the world of economics and finance. On this day, 10 years ago, the Blazers listed Man United on the New York Stock Exchange with the opening share price of $14. So uh, this person put the, I don't know if the exact figure would be in dollars, so I'll just do it. But if you had invested a thousand pounds in Man United shares that day, uh, today, 10 years later, it'd be worth 814. Uh, the same amount invested in Juventus is worth two thousand. Uh, in the Atlanta Braves, it's worth fifteen hundred. So, uh, it, you know, that's generally not good. <laughs> you don't want your stock going down that much. You know, I think I think the underlying issue of Man United is um, the fact that since since Sir Alex has retired, he's never really stepped away from the club. Um, and it doesn't seem like he will uh, until he dies. 
And, you know, me and my, my roommate were actually talking about this. It may be the best for United in general for Sir Alex to pass away because he's still, he's still in the club and they're still running it like he, like, you know, like it's his club. And what they really need to do is have Ten Hag or whoever's going to be manager, be, you know, come in and totally revolutionize it and not have, you know, this old legend, you know, looking over his shoulder. Like even this week, they were apparently rumored to have Sir Alex like come back as like a technical director, or, like more of a leadership role. Like the guy is, he's old and I think he needs, to, I, I, he won't step down clearly. So I think he just, you know, you're going to have to just wait for him to, to perish, to pass away as, you know, as bad as that sounds. I think that once he goes, like you look at Arsenal when Wenger stepped down, he, he took another job and isn't involved anymore. Um, and I think he, you know, they've been able to move on. But I don't think Man United have even fully let go of that. And uh, you know, it sounds harsh, but uh, that would be my advice to, to the Man United board: be to, you know, is that, is, are you ordering like a bob head? Is that a threat? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not. My, my advice to the uh, Manchester police would be to be very suspicious of uh, any any circumstances surrounding the untimely death of Sir Alex Ferguson. I really thought that was going in an anti-Dutch crime, uh, hate crime direction. Um, Why? I, I don't know. I think that the issue, oh, because of the, you know, Jesse Marsh thing from last week. Anyways, um, I think there's a lot of things, but to be honest, like all that Sir Alex really does, he kind of, he's just old, he's retired, and he goes to the games because he doesn't really have anything to do. It's kind of about it. Yeah, somebody like, like, doesn't, doesn't he, he have like grandchildren to annoy? Why? Is yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Needs to get him like ever... a condo in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Take you know, a golf like, for you, the love you of you God. Can trade off with your parents. Just when you're yeah, you should, down yeah, there. <laughs> you should, yeah. You can use the spare room. But yeah, death to Sir Alex. That would be my uh, that'd be my way of you know bringing Man United back to their former glory. <laughs> <laughs> Overhead, um, a Sir Alex death threat from Caleb on their bingo card is now winning <laughs> handsomely. <laughs> uh, I had a question for for Mikey as uh, as like the resident United person. Um, like, what is like an actual like what does a successful season look like? Like, throw away this first match and like actually like like if everything went right this year, what would that look like? Um, I think if everything goes right this year. I mean, out of the five of us, I don't think a single one of us picked United to even finish in the top four, and that's including me. And, you know, I mean, the people and uh, un- unnamed people on this podcast are notorious for overrating their teams. Um, but what I will say is that I think, like, I mean, if they were able to finish, like, not even, you know, not even anywhere but fourth, just fourth, I would be ecstatic with that. And, um, um how do you think, like, who do you think, like, those contributors, like, end up being? Because, like, right now, like, I mean, I'm not as super plugged in as I used to be, but, like, I, I just, like, don't really see who that guy would be, you know? I mean, I think it's, I mean, I think uh, if they ever pay off, and I uh, I think that Martinez needs to, Martinez needs to be better, um, which obviously, like I said earlier, it's been short. I also think, I mean, you, you kind of need to decide what you're going to do with Harry Maguire because he's just sort of like this massive liability on the pitch. And you're, and it's not like, you know, you're kind of hiding him away on like the wing or something, or there's someone else like he's, he's a center back. There's not really any way to 
get around having a player who just isn't good there. Um, so, I mean, maybe he could pick up like form that I guess, I don't know. I feel like he was never very good in the past, but if he was able to ever be even just like above average, um, I guess that's sort of the dream scenario. And I mean, and if that's, and if that never happens, um, which is, I think maybe a little more likely, um, they just need to move on, which I mean, you know, it's another huge signing that they're just kind of flushing down the drain, but that's kind of our bread and butter. So did you see he um, lined the team up on the wrong side of the tunnel before they walked out? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him. Yeah, big, the, big Everybody was so confused. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's enough. We'll we'll spare Mikey more pain and move on from Man United for this week. Uh, let's move to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where Spurs were 4-1 winners over Southampton. Uh, Southampton going up 1-0 inside the first 15 minutes. Uh I had predicted Spurs to lose this game, so that was pretty fitting for Southampton to take the lead kind of against the run of play. Uh, but Durs, I don't know if you caught any of this game, uh, but I'll throw it to you for uh, how you think the season will go for Spurs after this opening game. Uh, I'm going to kind of uh, do an asshole thing and not answer your question at all and talk about this thing that I had lined up to go. Uh, which was, <laughs> Fair enough. Because I, I remembered you saying, I heard you saying, like, how you were like, yeah, I thought the season was over after the 12th minute. And, like, I kind of got that, too, just because, I mean, I don't know, in your experience, I mean, I, like, basically what I'm saying is under Conte, the heart attack hotspur era, so to speak, has definitely been softened, uh, at least, like, a little bit. So, last season, in 21 to 22, uh, Tottenham conceded first in 15 of their 38 matches. Uh, the first 10 of those were obviously not Antonio Conte. And six of those 15 matches happened then. So that is 40% of the matches that they conceded first happened in 26% of the matches under Nuno. Once Conte came in, uh, there were nine matches that of his 28, uh, good for 32%, where they conceded first. Uh, that's about equal with Liverpool. Only clubs that are better than that were like City, Chelsea, and I think like Arsenal was like randomly in there. Uh, the 60% mark that they had uh, under, or excuse me, the 40% under Nuno, or the 60% under Nuno was, uh, that would have been fourth worst. So basically they're conceding first less often. They are scoring first more often. Uh, and when they do concede first, they actually are scoring. There were only two matches that they scored at all uh under Nuno uh when they conceded first uh they lost 1-1-1 one, one, one. uh under Conte uh they ended up scoring in four of the nine matches uh that they excuse me five of the nine matches that they conceded first in and they ended up winning or drawing so gaining points in four of those five uh so that's something that I'm excited for about Tottenham Hotspur is that like we won't just be fucking playing from behind every goddamn game this season uh, but yes, yeah, so I'll throw it to everyone else. Sorry, I just need to get that off my chest. No, I mean, I was definitely thinking that too. I mean, it seems like last year specifically when once Conte came in, kind of got the team how we wanted it to be like in January, February, it's, it seemed like we had a lot of sustained pressure for the first part of the game and then the opposition would score and then we'd come back and score like three or four unanswered and put the game away. But yeah, I mean, that just wasn't how I was expecting. The, I, I mean, I feel like Spurs always have a lot of trouble against Southampton for whatever reason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they once they conceded, they 
equalized, I think within like 10 minutes. So it uh, didn't take too long to get to get back in control of the game. And that Salisu goal or own goal in the second half was just amazing. I don't know if any of any of the rest of you saw it, but just <laughs> he had his entire body turned towards the face of the goal and tried clearing the ball and just like let it just kind of tap off the inside of his left foot. And it just went like slowly, comically over the goal line. And it was, oh, it's just fantastic. Emerson was claiming credit for the goal and He's trying to cross the ball to Hoiberg, and it was didn't even go remotely anywhere close to where Hoiberg was standing. Uh, but yeah, back the, in Spurs, that, play, <laughs> uh, Spurs played Chelsea at the weekend at Stamford Bridge. Uh, not overly optimistic about that game, uh, even though I guess Chelsea didn't look that impressive against Everton. Uh, but yeah, who knows? Anybody else have any thoughts on Spurs Southampton before we move on? Just nice to see him run it up. Like, I mean, you were hinting at just really once they did end up like getting the first one back equalizing, it was just, let's just open the floodgates. And I think that that's something that this club in particular has not really had that mentality for maybe, maybe fucking ever. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely, it, I mean, we, so we scored four goals, four goals and I, I don't have the, the stats in front of me, but I wonder how many times in the since Kane and Son have been introduced to the team, how many times we've scored even more than like three, and neither one of them was on the score sheet. So it's it's heartening to see that we can score goals without Kane or Son being either like providing the assist for the goal or scoring the goal themselves. Yeah, definitely. I think Kulishevsky is going to have a big season. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I yeah I agree. He like the fourth goal is the one he scored and. Yeah, just brilliantly taken goal. Yeah. Um, Hopefully his family in Ukraine is all right, though. Hopefully it doesn't affect, uh, you know, his performance. (laughs) I think that he's a great reminder of, you know, the never-say-die spirit of the Croatian people. You know, so to the finals, with fire in our hearts. Absolutely. (laughs) Shout out to Yeah. Give me, give me, our... give me a, a croak after midnight. That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, how's the draft going? Uh, the draft is going well. I'm, I'm about done. I'm uh, 11 out of 15. Squad's filling up nicely. How are um, we? Explain to our, explain to our listener what, yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm actually currently multitasking. Believe it or not, um, I'm, I'm also doing a fantasy Premier League draft. Um, so it's a bit different than the normal um, fantasy Premier League setup. Normally, you have a budget of a, a hundred pounds, and you have to just pick a team based on you know their value. But I'm doing a draft, so more of a fantasy football type of deal. Uh, so I'm currently in the midst of that, um, and you know the team is shaping up nicely. I've uh, picked up a number of good fellas. Um, you know, De Bruyne was my first pick. Um, him, Zaha, Bruno, Gumiares, and uh, Kai Sato, the uh, you know the standout at Old Trafford, got the uh, got the nod, so they'll be uh, in the midfield. I currently have Vardy and the large Italian with neck taps, Skamaka, up front, and my defenders are Cancelo, Saliba, uh, Mateusz Kaszki, the Polish international, Aaron Cresswell, and I have Nick Pope in goals. So, um, could you say yeah. the Polish guy again? Mateusz Kaszki, 
Polish international played for Aston Villa. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, we've never done it. I don't – what do you – here, actually, here's an opinion. Should I pick Hudson Edward up front or Dominic Solanke as my third striker? Solanke is terrible, man. He was at he was at Liverpool for a season. Yeah, he's, he's a thirty. Just, didn't he go for like thirty mil or something? Just he went outrageous. to Bournemouth for twenty four million, I think, and he scored three goals for them last time they were in the Premier League. Uh, I think he I think he banged him in last year in the Championship, but I just yeah, That's Premier League I think is a level too high for him. Championship standard. He's a Championship yeah. merchant. I think I'm gonna go with Edward just for his uh, ties. I saw Edward at Celtic. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Some player. So I'm banging a couple of goals one day at Celtic Park. Um, it's not exactly on the it's I guess it's not exactly scheduled, but I was just curious as to what people thought of uh Mitrovic speaking of kind of championship level talent, because obviously he had a huge season last year, um, and then banging in two goals in the first week. What kind of season do you think we could expect from him? I don't think he'll score again. I think he used up all of his goals against Liverpool. Yeah, I think so. I think he'll get – it's like – well, it's a classic, like, fantasy Premier League thing. That's how I think of this. Like, remember a few years ago, um, Timu Puki scored, like, a hat trick the first day of the season, and then he had, like, two more goals the rest of the season. I think it's, like – I think he's one of those – it's one of those moments. You know, I, I had him in my team last week, and uh, he propelled sums in the Kel to top yeah. three. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, Caleb is actually. Play. We should tra- transition this to an FPL podcast. Caleb I mean, is kind of kind of an expert. Yeah, I think. Well, Mitrovic. I remember watching him in the Premier League like a while ago for Newcastle, and I what I, what struck me about him this time, he seemed to have kind of leaned out a little bit because I remember when he was last in the Premier League, he was like just giant. I mean, he's still big, big but it looks like he's kind of you know gotten slimmed down, slimmed down, slim Jim. Um, but you know, I, I saw something like he was one of the only guys who dribbled Van Dyke. Um, and then that was to earn the penalty, and then he absolutely just put Trent on a poster a for the penalty. other one. Um, I, you I don't know, want to I, blame Trent for that. I think I actually think Allison should have saved that. Like, Trent, Trent should have done better, but um, Allison should have saved that. It's right at him, yeah. I mean, I think though, I think the ground weren't so hard goals. and dry. He'll score, yeah. Just he could jump off it, you know, just fly through yeah. the air. Um, no, I think he'll score 10 goals this year, but it'll, it won't be enough to keep Fulham up, obviously. Yeah, all right. Well, should we talk about uh, City to West Ham nil? Then I know Durs has a very hot take about Man City that I guess none of us <laughs> have the awesome. stones to say. <laughs> so, Durs, I will throw it to you. <laughs> Uh, and does someone want to break down the game first, or because I feel like that's yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, I don't want to just like jump in with this, but uh, no, it, I mean, we don't do a lot of analysis on this podcast. Or, yeah, so kind of. Uh, right. If people are interested yeah, in how the game turned out, they can look it up on their own. That's not why. That's not why the person who listens yeah, to this comes. They can, the there's many better podcasts. I got than some. This. I got some metrics here. Fifty uh, percent of Erling Holland's goals so far in the Premier League have been a. Uh, fucking penalties merchant um God. no but for real uh you guys were all talking about it on the pod uh mikey says that Pep doesn't know how to use holland uh and then he was immediately shut down like oh it's just preseason you know uh but i mean i've heard i've seen some analysts some actual analysts uh 
mentioning that maybe uh, sometimes Pep's a little too clever, uh, especially when he has a, a player like Alon where it's just like, get get that man the fucking ball, right? Uh, so my my hot take is Pep is, you guys are all talking about it and you basically convinced me of this. So this is really your take that I'm just verbalizing for the first time. But Pep is all wrong for Man City, uh, gone by the World Cup, Christmas at the latest, you know, kind of deal. Like, I mean, it would be Christmas, but I, I think that Pep is, he's done, right? His time is up. Like, isn't this how he goes everywhere he goes? You know, like he has those however many years where they're really successful and everything. And then, so, I mean, yeah, I, I have City finishing third. Uh, it's going to be Spurs, Pool, City, uh, and then who still cares about number four? Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that switching managers halfway through the year is really going to put a big damper on city season. <laughs> that was this better is than the actual hot take. For it to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were waiting also, for like, Mikey's so like, what, like Pochettino comes in and is that what it's going to be? Pochettino comes in. I'm sure would for city. Then... <laughs> I'm sure would for city. <laughs> I'm sure we don't keep city up. I promise you that. <laughs> I think they should get club legend uh, Vincent Company woo him away from Burnley. Burnley. Yeah. Hey, Burnley's he playing proper proper possession football now. Gone are the days of punt and run Burnley. You know, it's just absolutely it's a beautiful game at Turf. Gone are the days of punt and run. All righty. Well, should we look ahead to the games coming up this weekend? I already touched on the Spurs play Chelsea at Stanford Bridge. Uh, anybody else have any uh, have any thoughts on how that game will go or uh, predicted winners perhaps yeah uh, so Spurs are going to take some points for sure uh, I don't know if it's going to be a draw or a win and then uh, Teichel's going to blame fucking mosquitoes or something he actually complains more than Jurgen Klopp believe it or not Thomas Teichel number one in the fucking league I think it's going to be a two all draw and there's going to be one sending off and a number of yellow cards. I think the, the Chelsea Spurs game is always pretty feisty. Um, so I think it'll be a, a, a hard fought two all draw with Koulibaly and Havertz scoring for Chelsea and Kane scoring two for Spurs. Take that. Spurs going to three no win for Take Spurs. That. Chelsea and Christ. Emerson Roy <laughs> and Emerson Royale hat trick. Oh. A perfect hat trick. Oh, oh god, crazy. <laughs> Caleb, how do you think uh, Arsenal will fare against Leicester this weekend? I think they'll win three one. Um, you know they always do well at home, and I don't think Leicester, you know, quite as strong as they have been in, in previous years. Um and yeah, I think the Emirates will be will be just absolutely buzzing. And I think it should be pretty straightforward. I'd like to see a clean sheet, but I wouldn't be surprised if old Jamie, Jamie Vardy scores one he usually does against against Arsenal, but it won't be enough. And I think Arsenal will continue to be unbeaten. All right. Patrick, how do you think uh Liverpool will do against Palace? Um, Liverpool always beat Palace, to be fair. And it's at Anfield, so not too worried. I think it'll be a comfortable 2-0, like Arsenal's comfortable 2-0 last week. 
but I think Palace will once again kind of credit themselves. And like I said, I think that I think that they could get into the European this year. I really like what I, I like the cut of Vieira's jib. I, I actually I wanted to say it was a nice moment seeing uh, the Arsenal supporters uh, seeing Vieira's name on at Selhurst Park on Friday. I thought that was, I, I actually that was pure class. Pure class. Yeah, Vieira didn't look super amused, but uh, you know, I think I think deep down, the great man, you know, smiled, but he obviously couldn't couldn't really show it. But uh, I I tip Vieira to be a, an Arsenal manager one day, after you know Arteta wins everything there is to win and retires, uh, one club man. <laughs> and then Vieira with the finally come for him, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that'll have to be taken out on the order of Sparsenegger. He is older <laughs> than our cleanse right? the club. He is, yeah. So I, I don't know exactly how that'll work, but um, I could see that. I can see Vieira, you know, I, I think he's a really good manager, and I don't think he'll stay at Palace, you know, forever. Um, I think he'll have his sights set on something bigger. And it'd be a great story to bring him back to the Emirates. Yeah. We all have Brentford beating United this weekend. Absolutely. Um, I'm actually going to go in a different direction. I think it's going to be like a, a thing. It'll finish like nil, nil, like, you know, just total waste of time for anyone who's watched it. Um, but I'm saying that because, uh, most recently I've been, I, I don't know, been proven wrong with just about every prediction I ever make, which is, uh, you know, probably says something about how much I know, but on the flip side, I'd say that I think if it, if it were to finish nil, nil, which I think would, you know, probably be likely is that there's like a very small sliver of like United supporters out there that would be like, Oh, well, at least we got a point, um, which I just think would be kind of funny to see. Um, but hopefully it'll, you know, kind of light, hopefully it either results in sort of lights a fire under the, or I mean, hopefully last week did that, but kind of lights fire within the, within the, uh, within the locker room and gets the, uh, you know, gets Eric 10 weeks to maybe extend his tenure. So Eric nine weeks now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Excuse me. I'll have to someone keep track of the countdown. <laughs> Nine weeks and six days. Have to be consistent in our messaging. Yeah. Patrick, any grievances this week that you'd like to share? Um, I don't know. What direction would you guys like me to take with this? Oh boy. Uh, well, if you don't don't force it. If you don't have any. If you yeah, don't have I mean, any the, good the dry pitch, we can won. save it, for, shelve it for another time. Yeah, yeah, I already had my anti-Fulham rant. I do want to say there's this um, thing in the news last week. I forgot to talk about on our last podcast about, but the uh, Premier League clubs are trying to put in this requirement um, for like they're uh, trying to give all this money to uh, lower league clubs, but then put in a requirement that they have to play a certain number of England uh, youth players or Premier League loanee players. Um, And uh, I just think that's, that that's an actual grievance that sucks um i think the existence of like you know league one teams as something in themselves and the ability of you know uh players to you know guys like dominic Solanke to become a great championship player and like that's it and that's not for his career that's a really good thing so i I uh, I think that sucks. Shame on the Premier League for for doing that. Uh, but I don't have a, I don't really have a funny one this week. 
I could talk about Ryan Giggs's trial, I guess. Yeah. Now we'll save that for another time. <laughs> oh no, my mic is cutting out again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a cheery way to end today's pod. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Durs, thank you so much for coming on and making your debut, dropping hot takes. Thank you for having me. Durs like did homework for this. Yeah. Had... So the, first, the first host a little little behind the catalyst. Had, had a big when... notepad he was reading off of. He had a lot yeah, of when, stats. When you, when you haven't watched a single minute of football in like since 2018, you should at least like read up a little bit about like the last year or so to, to like hop on a podcast. I'm firing my agent for booking this shit. I'm telling you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Patrick, thanks as ever. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Patrick. Caleb, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Mikey, look forward to more lukewarm takes next week. I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. We'll be back next week.